0: Go to Manscape, get twenty percent off plus uh, free shipping with a code FAB. And usually, when we talk about plucking those nose hairs and doing trimming around the ears and whatnot, most of us are used to doing that with weapons such as this. Um, while effective, they can be cumbersome. They can prove to be cumbersome. And everyone's personal favorite is also this beauty, something like this. Whilst very effective. It's also hard because sometimes you don't have the right extension cords and whatnot. So Manscaped has given us this, the Weed Whacker. The Weed Whacker is skin safe. It has a replaceable head. Um, it has high-performance motor, so premium 9,000 RPM motor powers. This is something that you would have probably seen in a World War II airplane prior to this. And unlike the hedge trimmer, it's cordless and rechargeable, so you can use it anywhere and you can take it with you. And it's really, really a pretty amazing product. Um, It has a smart design. It's intelligently contoured design for you to be able to grip it easily. And it's not going to slip out of your hand, which is an amazing segue to the next part of it, which is that fact that it's waterproof so you can use it in the shower and whatnot. So this is a pretty amazing, amazing um, piece of machinery here for all of us that need it. And everyone needs it because you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the person that has the nose hairs and the ear hairs sticking out i used to go to my daddy used to take me to a barber in liverpool and um ironically this barber it was an older guy had um the worst hairs coming out of his ears and the worst hairs coming out of his nose and always as a little kid i always watch that so i never wanted that myself um so please manscape get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code fab thank you people How are we, people? Thank you for joining us here. Um, I'm using a different microphone, so let me know if it's a little bit too loud or a little bit too um, whatever, just like your feedback on it. Um, We are now looking at, we're going to do a review of the fights and just have a chat about fights in general. Um, Thank you, guys. Super skunk. I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm actually a little bit apprehensive because I took a bite into a chicken sausage and I don't know if that chicken sausage was cooked enough of the way through. Now I'm a bit, little bit paranoid about getting um, food poisoning. I took a little bite. Then I cooked the rest of it. I cooked all the rest of it appropriately. So I'm a little bit paranoid, actually. Super skunk. Beetlejuice. Hey, Fab, I'm going to get myself a weed whacker. Please do so. Please do so, sir. Um, Jim Jones, sup, Fab. How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Jude W says, whack my weeds, Fab. Will not be happening, Sir. And John Danan says, G'day, mate. Guys, let's talk about Ty versus Harry Hunsucker. That was a crazy fight, man. Has Ty's last, has Ty Tui us' last two impressive wins granted him the chance of cracking the top 15 again? Um, I, yes. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Like, Ty's always been in there. Super dangerous, guys. Super tough guy. Um, very, very talented, shit ton of potential, absolute sky's the limit potential for him. And I think anyone that that fights, I mean, anyone that's grown up like in, in Sydney in Australia and has been around like Polynesians, been around Aboriginals, he's a mix of both. Um and played rugby league and understands what level he played rugby league and how how um how well he'd played um knows that the potential that he has is pretty big um would i ever consider going vegan super skunk um i'd consider it i've i've gone vegetarian a few but it doesn't last long and i'm just talking about vegetarian doesn't last very long um i just like meat and the meat derivatives and meat products too much i'm not gonna lie css Voden says hello hello to you sir Beetlejuice says, what is my usual lunch or dinner? Whatever my wife makes. My wife's actually a fantastic cook, so I'm very lucky in that regard. I get to have um, a wide variety of different soups and foods and all sorts of different things. W. Fab Mate, I am now the biggest Thai and Brunson fan ever because I put 60 on Thai bouquet and Brunson to win and won 150. We'll do a shoey in his honor as I watch you. <laughs> all right, man. Well, congratulations. I'm glad that um, the Bam Bam Wine in particular. I'm nothing against Brunson, but I didn't have that. I don't know Brunson like I know Bam Bam. I'm really happy that um that they won as well. Like I thought that um I thought that Ty was going to crack. Um, is it Harry? Yeah, I thought that he was going to crack him because he's just you know overall just a better striker, better fighter. I th- I think. Um, James Adoucement says went vegan for five years. Only different was my recovery time improved noticeably. Did your recovery time improve? noticeably as a vegan or when you went back to eating foods etc John says during your time as a coach has any of your fighters bJj players competed against a witty trash talker like Kevin Holland no not really like I mean there's been I, I I'm not a bJj coach by the way um but I mean there's been people from time to time but it, it depends because like if you're Like, if you're losing, it's not really that witty, the trash talking, you know? um, It's kind of like, I will talk about the Kevin Holland fight a little later in the show, but it was kind of sad. Look, I I don't know exactly what the situation was with Kevin. I don't know. I don't know if he has, like, and I I apologize because I'm not making fun of this. I really don't know. I don't know if he has, like, severe ADHD or um, if he has, like, other, like, kind of mental illness or something, and in which case, he's fighting really really far above what his potential is like in in as far as that is concerned having suffered from you know really really bad anxiety and panic attacks myself i'm not making fun of that like that's actually a real thing if if it's something that he he definitely struggles with then he's probably fighting above his potential um having said that i think um like The way that that he fought and and the stuff that he was doing, I I just found it really, really, really strange. Like he wasn't focused or engaged. I don't know if the trash talking for him is an affectation in as much as it is, dare I say, a tactic or a strategy. Um, Christian Lorenz says, Ty used the calf kick three times the first round and set up the finish. Do you see Ty incorporating more kicks into his game for the future? I hope so, man. His legs... His legs, I was going to say like two of mine. His legs are like my torso, dude. So I really hope so. Um, Harry didn't look like he belonged in there yet, to be honest. Fair play to him for filling in, though. Yeah, I don't know what the background was for Harry. Credit to him for jumping in there, but it looked like Ty was quite a few levels above him. Um, S. Mig says, hey, Fab, you're getting me through another overnight shift. Much love, brother. Thank you, sir. And thank you for following and thank you for listening and appreciate, you know, I really appreciate it. Guys, like, subscribe. And if you haven't already hit the notification bell, get those notifications, um, when we do the, when we do any of the shows or whatever we do, we're, we're going to do Friday, we're going to do a, a preview of the, of the, uh, main event. And we're also going to talk about, you know, the upcoming fights and whatnot. And today, obviously we're doing a review and obviously we're going to cover Sunday's fight. Saturday in the US, James Aduceman-Ravistein, is Ty's takedown defense a weakness for him and does rugby takedown defense translate to wrestling takedown defense? Um, Interesting, really, really interesting question. I've worked a lot with rugby league players and I've worked a lot with rugby league players um, transitioning into fighting. There's a couple I'm working with now at the moment. I cannot talk too much about it, but yeah. Um, Does rugby takedown defense translate to wrestling takedown defense? There's, there's, there's stuff like that crosses over, like your balance and whatnot, but a lot of the rugby teams don't. As much as they act like they do and as much as they say they do, there's only like a few guys in each team that actually know how to grapple. I think Cameron Smith is a proper grappler. Jim Dimmick, of course, is a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, might even be a black belt now. He's, he's, not, he's since not playing. There's not very many people that actually took the time in to learn how to wrestle and do jiu-jitsu and whatnot or judo. There's only a very, I think the Morris twins have a judo background. Like there's not, there's not very many people. So there are things that from rugby, it translates over just like your balance and your ability to be able to move with another person hanging off you. That does translate over, but they don't really wrestle. Unfortunately, they should wrestle. And it's not a part of the school system here. Like it is in the U S so it's not like you have your guys that, play football that are able to cross train in the in the off season. that doesn't happen here so there isn't that much wrestling going on in rugby league um there isn't as much as they say each team's got a grappling thing I i've worked on those teams you know like it's not it's very little grappling that you're doing um his ties take down defensive weakness for him we're gonna have to see we're gonna have to see as as it progresses you know I would want to hope and believe that he's working diligently on it, Um, and we'll see. We'll see. As a vegan, it improves. I could go back to back sessions almost daily. Okay, cool. I um, I just love the whole meat thing. I do love it, but I'm in fairness, I'm very very conscious now as to how much meat I eat. I try not to eat too much meat. I try and have like. Either a, a meal without meat or or um a whole day without it. You know, it's you know, so but it's hard, man. I like I like it. Ewan Ferguson, good evening, Fab, a quiet night, so I get to listen from the start for once. I hope all is well. Thank you for supporting, man. And yes, man, everything is well, and we're kicking off. James Aduceman, Ravistein. absolutely agree. That's what I was thinking. ADHD or anxiety, and that's how he copes. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, and I, I'm just I'm not casting aspersions. On him, um, James. I don't. I genuinely don't know him or what he goes through or whatnot. If because, like, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he's saying Kevin really likes to fight, and that's really rare, and blah, blah blah blah. And I'm like, dude, like at that level, they all like to fight. You know what I mean? They all, they're all fighters, so so to speak. But it's um one thing's to fight. The other thing is you're doing prize fighting. You're not fighting with your friends just for fun. That's a different thing because with prize fighting, this is the thing comes a huge amount of pressure. And with that pressure comes your ability to cope with that pressure, you know, and that is what separates the upper echelons from the lower level guys. Um, Cause physically a lot of those guys can fight. There's not, it'd be really hard to separate. Now I'm not going to name people, but it'd be really hard to separate just on physicality, the top, five guys to the top you know the next five but the diff- the ability to cope with the pressure and the ability to cope with expectations and mental games that you play with yourself that's that's the biggest difference. Um Ewan Ferguson did Kevin Holland's talking between rounds show a potential unwillingness, not just a lack of knowledge to genuinely adjust his game mid fight based on what he's encountering. That that's what I'm saying to you. I don't I don't know. I don't know if he has some serious undiagnosed or diagnosed issues. And again, I'm not making fun of him, dude. Like I I said, like for me, I didn't realize up until I was like 37 or 38 or something like that, that what I had was a massive anxiety, you know, massive anxiety issues. You know, I didn't realize this. I just thought that I just would get angry for no reason or, um, you know, like the, so, certain coping mechanisms that I that I had, I didn't realize that that's what it was. And then having said that, I started to recognize that in other people that, um, you know, sometimes you go, fuck, someone says a dickhead, you know, or such a da-da-da, or he just gets angry all the time or he acts like this or he acts like that or he drinks all the time. And then I started to realize that people were self-medicating like so much, you know, because a lot of it's undiagnosed. So I don't. I don't know exactly why he was doing that. Because what he did, I've never seen that before, to be honest with you. I've seen things similar, like when Paulo Filo I think, fought Charles Sernan the second time he fought him, and he was talking to other people. He was like different though. It was very different. But I've never seen someone do what Kevin Holland did today, like uh, the other day. I've never seen that. Um and so I, I can't I can't say it to you because it was I doubt I doubt that. Between he and his coaches, they lack knowledge. I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't believe that. Um, and he definitely has the ability to change his game plan and to do different things. I don't know what what happened. I really don't. It really surprised me. Not sure if you caught the Adrian Yannis fight. I did, man. But but, geez, he looks like a serious prospect. His timing encounters are a joy to watch. Absolutely, and another thing that he does is his pressure. He comes forward and gives you pressure and holds that pressure without throwing fights or exerting energy, without throwing punches or exerting energy, and he's a big boy for the division too. I think he's like 5'9 or even maybe 5'10. Who knows? He's a big boy. He's very good, that Yanis guy. John Deenan, it was very cool seeing Travis Ludo corner Holland this past Saturday. I remember Ludo winning tough and challenging Anderson Silva for the middleweight title. Here's another thing, Luther is like a fantastic grappler, like a serious, serious high-level grappler. So I don't doubt that the knowledge is there, that the instruction was there. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what was going on there, you know? Would you be able to get Ty and Chris back on the podcast Maybe, man, maybe. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit time poor at the moment, man, to be honest. It's different when I can do these kind of like when I can fit it in, but it's very hard for me to be able to organize podcast times with people, especially people that live in another country and I have you know, it's it's a little bit hard because I'm a little bit time poor at the moment. But I I want to do it. Declan, do you think rugby union is by far the better game than league or are you wrong? I'll tell you something. I grew up playing league. I've got a lot of friends that play league. I don't really know a lot of people that play union. Generally, generally, I know that in the inner west and a few other schools that play union, they're union schools, but generally union is played more in the private school system and the public school system plays rugby league. Generally, that's a very like private Catholic schools and that, they play rugby league as well and don't play union generally like southwest sydney west there's a lot more league um so i didn't grow up playing rugby union but having said that i think it would have i played a little bit of league and i think i would have been more suited to union i like more the broken field play i like that kind of stuff a little more that's just me um why doesn't australia have a school wrestling system is it a cultural thing resources it's an interesting topic because in general australia doesn't have outside of the private school systems, like in the public schools, it's not it's not a huge thing. Like school school sport like that, we have school teams. We have like school knockouts. We have competitive rugby league programs and competitive soccer programs and that. But like if you go to a general normal high school, you don't have like – it's not a big thing. Like the school team, the school football team is not a like a big deal. Like you go to schools in the U.S. or something like that. So the whole thing there is different. We don't have like, are oh, you going out for track, that kind of thing? Unless you go to like more um like a private school or something like that. Like normal public high school doesn't doesn't have that. I'm not saying you don't have a school team before someone goes, no, they have a school team. I know we have school teams. I went to school here. Um how do I see our or our versus our playing out? i got Almeida beating him, you know. i got Almeida beating him. I don't think – I think that he's going to kick the shit out of the legs. That's anyone that fights Omele is going to do that. And Almeida Almeida has some serious power too, you know. He's got some good, good stand-up. I think Almeida might do it. If Woodley doesn't win against Luque, will he get cut? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think, though, in fairness, there's a point in a career – where a resurgence like of back to the top is probably a little bit a little bit outside of what I think would probably happen with Woodley at this stage in his career that doesn't mean that that he can't win a few fights it doesn't mean that he can't do really well it just seems that there's like what he what he did which was fantastic and he was one of the best world to ever do it um I just don't think that He's going to beat the next batch. I don't think he's going to go the whole the whole way. You know, um, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to be able to do that again. Like, I'm not saying he's done. I just don't see him getting through. Like, for example, Masvidal and getting through Covington and getting through Usman and getting through man that Wonder Boy now again um, Burns. Uh, like, I don't see that anymore, you know? So I don't know that they'll cut him, but he might be in there, win a couple, lose a couple. He's still very good and can beat anyone. He can beat anyone on a given day. I just don't see him running that gauntlet and beating five of those guys in a row. I don't see that. Do you believe Stipe Miocic is the least appreciated goat in MMA? The only other goat that I can think of as unappreciated as Stipe is Demetrius Johnson. I do believe that. Demetrius Johnson doesn't, I was just talking, you know, I was talking, it's funny you say this, I was talking about this with, uh, with my wife of all people the other day because the the UFC propaganda machine runs that show, you know. If they want you to be the biggest and baddest ever, then you will be, you know. Like Demetrius Johnson lost a fight, moved over to 1FC, and we've never heard from him again, you know. Air um, also, it seems to me like, that's not who they want necessarily as champion, you know? Um, and so I don't, I, I think that that runs a show as far as what people being able to appreciate it, because I think that they are fantastic. I, I think that they are amazing, amazing fighters, you know? And, um, yeah, I, so yeah, I, I agree to a certain extent to a certain extent. Yeah. But, you know, outside of the eras, guys like Dan Henderson, who won, he he had a couple of belts, you know what I mean? At once he had, you know he was a fantastic, fantastic fighter. I don't know that he gets the the props when we're talking about goat. Although Anderson did beat him, I'm not saying Anderson didn't beat him. But some of these guys, man, were the top of the top of the top. W Fab, is it okay for post the link to the stream on Reddit? Uh, yeah, for sure, man. Please do so. Post it wherever you like, man. Get it, put it on bumper bar stickers, and please do so. I appreciate the support, man. Thank you. monster hunter fab what is the largest marsupial you could choke up you could choke out hi i'm from uruguay well i'm from uruguay as well donde estas en uruguay um, the largest marsupial man honestly i tell you something man if if you haven't seen you know the the possums not the little ringtail possums but the 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 big one the bush tail possums the brush tail possum brush tail they they are fucking mean man and they're only about the size of a cat a bit bigger than a cat. And they're mean, like they're mean, mean, mean. I don't think very much, like I don't think very high, man. Wombats are are real thick and they're real strong. Um, Koalas will claw the shit out of you. I don't know. Maybe maybe a little, one of those little ringtail possums. 2W, I have a few times in the past. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it, man. John, I could never be a fighter. I would have major panic attacks the day of a scheduled fight. Although it's reassuring, the fighters like Cerrone openly say they struggle with anxiety. Um, I think we all struggle with different levels of anxiety. Having like a, uh, like I struggle with anxiety, but I don't necessarily have an anxiety attack there and then over that. You know what I mean? Like it's it's weird. You probably find that you'll be able to cope with 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 that actual stimulus. Um, a lot of the times with anxiety and anxiety attacks, it's more of a buildup of things that have been happening in the background that, and again, my favorite word that keep the amygdala just firing, you know, and keep your body producing cortisol and adrenaline and just keep going and going. And, um, can, can also have like a, you know, your reduction in serotonin, like all of these things combined. And then you go through a series of these messed up panic attacks. Because having anxiety in and of itself um, is pretty common, you know, and people either self-medicate with alcohol, um, you know, that's it's very, very common, man. That's why alcohol is such a powerful drug, man. It's, I think that, that anxiety is probably much more prevalent in people than we would ever think. Like when you see people drinking all the time, a lot of that, I would say, my opinion, and this is just my opinion, is self-medication for anxiety. Oh, John, I would like to see Yannis face the winner of O'Malley and Almeida. O'Malley and Almeida. Man, that, honestly, I got Yannis. Probably, I think Yannis might be even beat both of them. James is the juiceman, Fab Smashing the Hulk and Butchers. Yeah, I love these, eh? Lewis CC, I heard you're going back to university. What are you doing? I'm doing, I am, I'm at university now doing my masters in, Um, but it's going to take a long time because. I'm only doing it part-time in that, um, doing uh, social work, so in the areas of mental health and counselling. Does Stipe deserve a trilogy fight if he loses to Ngano? I believe so. As someone said earlier, he's the GOAT, you know, and he's already beat him once, so, yeah, 100%. Um, greetings from Toronto, fam, from Sasank. Thank you, sir. Greetings right back at you. Hanoi Tripper, is Nibio still at 170? I think so, as far as I know. John Dana, Almeida and Gabrant are massive power punchers, but the durability is questionable, making them tough for me to predict their fights. I agree, John. I do agree with that, John. That's, I do agree with that. They come and go, but you also got to give Gabrant credit because the dude has won the belt, you know what I mean? And but he eats, he takes some big shots, you know, that you don't want to be taking. I don't know his chin. I don't know if his chin's bad, but he takes a lot of big shots too. Matt Hughes was underrated. I don't know if he was underrated at the time, so when I was watching it. I think he might be underrated now. People don't realize who people were back in the day. Like when we talk about Fedor, if you were around, like, because I was like, I was in my like, mid 20s during Fedor's run, like proper run. He was killing people, dude. And he was killing the dudes at the time. It wasn't like he was fighting nobodies. He was killing people, you know, the absolute weapons at the time, you know. And um, I don't think Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes was, at the time, I remember being considered pretty much unbeatable. Um, So I don't know if he was underrated at the time. Definitely underrated now. I don't think people realize what they were. If Ngana beats Steeper and John, if oh, if Ngana beats Steeper and John, will he be pound for pound number one from Voden? I don't know, I don't know, man. But if he beats both those guys, (laughs) that's a fucking scary, scary human being. Mr. Always says, laughing my ass off. I don't know what you're laughing at, Mr. Always, but please do tell. Oh, logos, arctos, big brushies, ha-ha, <laughs> that scream. Yeah, man, big brush-tailed possums. People think possums, ah ha 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 No, 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 no. Possums, big brush-tails, we have, we have them here all the time, everywhere. They're scary, man. You watch them fight each other and claw the shit out of each other. Sometimes they've gotten a hold of, like, a cat or a dog or something. Like, not, the, not so much they've gotten a hold of it like they attack them because they don't attack, but a cat or a dog will have a go with them and the possums will have a go right back, and you see them, cats and dogs have massive scratches on them from it. Where do you stand on the heavyweight goat discussion across all promotions? Interesting, JSJ23. Like I said, I think that, I I don't necessarily talk about the goat as like, he hasn't lost, and he lost to this guy, and he lost to that guy. I think, of when, when I think of the heavyweights, that fought, you know, I think, I always think Nogueira is right up there. You know what I mean. Um, I think of um, Fedor. I think and these in different eras, right? So different eras are different. I think of came Velasquez. I think of um, DC is kind of up there as well for me. Um, Stipe, of course. Um, Yeah, that's that's kind of like when I think of like almost like a Mount Rushmore kind of thing of, of heavyweights. That's kind of how I think of the goats. I'm probably missed someone in there, but I just think of of those kind of guys in their eras, you know, and what they did. That's me though. Please do share. Speaking of Steeper, have you looked into Eli's fire people connections to reach out to Steeper? I spoke to a fireman in the US, and he told me Australia is a prestigious. Is prestigious in the fire community. No, but I will hit Eli up about it and see what we can do. um steep, Obviously, Steep is fighting this weekend, so no. But I will speak to Eli, and I will speak to a few of the other fireys that I know and see um if it happens. It will be – it's hard, man. It's hard to get people on the podcast. GW, and it's hard time-wise now for me. My time's shot. w posted, I hope you're ready to be flooded with meme questions. Well – why? Why meme questions? What can you explain that to me? Because I don't really know what that means. Um, is there any bad blood going between Rob and Kelvin going into this fight? Parading the belt around Melbourne at two thirty four was a bad look. I don't know if there's any bad blood between them. Um, like I said, I haven't worked with Rob for years now, like a year and a half almost. I don't. I don't think there'd be any bad blood. Like I never. Um, I've never, there was never really any bad blood. Like, they're going to fight each other, and they're both competitive, mean dudes. So, I don't, but I I don't know. Uh, Lewis, ah, nice, just finished my degree in social work. Pretty interesting course. Here in Australia, Lewis? John, personally, I think Stipe is stronger ever except punching power. Stipe is mentally stronger than Nganu, considering that Nganu was mentally broken in their first fight. Again, I don't know, I don't know about the mental strong part, but one thing I will say I agree with you on everything. But Steeper doesn't have you don't have to have at heavyweight Ngano's punching power to knock someone out. And Steeper hits plenty hard. You know, so the punching power, I mean, it works great. Um it works great for Nganu, but and if Ngano gets hit flush off Steeper, he'll go he'll go down as well. Recapping combat says, does Rob get the title shot if he beats Kelvin? I mean, I, I don't see why not. I don't see who else, unless somebody can make a compelling argument at middleweight. I can't see anyone there to have uh, that discussion other than Rob. If Rob beats Kelvin, he and Israel are completely on another level. There's no one. There's no one to fight Israel for the belt, other than Rob. You know, it's just, just um. Yeah, hold on a second. My daughter is ringing people on her phone, on my wife's phone. So I have got to make sure she's not ringing. You no, know, um, you know she was ringing me from your phone. Yeah, so she might have rung other people too. Yeah, my daughter's one and a half, and she grabbed my my wife's phone and just rang me. So she might have just rung, who knows who. Um, so. Fab, have you seen that Whaley Zhang's dog is called Fedor? Nah, no, I didn't know that. That's so cool. Whose boxing is better, Rob or Kelvin's? Ugh. I don't know, because I haven't seen I, I I can't talk on that too much because I know things that people don't know. I'd say that overall though, Rob's striking is too fluid. You know, their boxing. I don't. I can't tell you. You know what I mean. But the Rob's striking overall is way too fluid, my opinion. Like he just has different movement abilities and different weapons and different arsenal. You know that doesn't mean that that Kelvin can't get his game off. But um, yeah, I can't talk too much about Rob's boxing, or, or I can't. Not even Rob's boxing. I can't talk too much about Rob's game because I'm, it's it'd be like a. a a conflict of interest, a, uh, a breach of confidentiality, in my opinion, you know, not just in my opinion. That's just any guy that I work with, I'm not going to come out and go, these are his strengths. These are his weaknesses. This is what he does. He does this and does that and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to do that ever, you know. So um, any of the guys that I've ever worked with in any of the sports. So who's boxing's better, Rob or Kelvin's? I, like I said, I think that Rob's – overall striking is different you know it, it just has a, is a little bit more dynamic and the versatility of, of his abilities is and his vocabulary of strikes is a little bit larger than, than Kelvin's overall is it time for Brunson to face a higher ranked opponent again I like the cost of call out I believe the last time Brunson fought a higher ranked opponent was Jacare back in 2018 yeah he's been up and down though that's that's been the problem for Brunson Costa, you know, I'd like to see Brunson fight with Weidman. I'd actually like to see him fight Weidman or Rockhold. That's who I'd like to see him fight. I think that they're a bit older out of the three of them. I'd like to see a little kind of round robin there between those three guys if Rockhold is back at middleweight fighting. And then I'd like to see which one of those guys goes up into the next group. John, and that's just me talking. I, yeah. John says, which fight is is bigger, Mircic versus Jones or Ngannou versus Jones? Personally, I think Miocic versus Jones is bigger fight because both men are cons- considered goats in their respective divisions. Yeah, but I think I agree. I hundred percent agree. But I think Francis is a monster. You know what I mean? That's how people see him. He's just like like a, a absolute monster, and so I think that that because he knocks people into oblivion that's why they call think he's a monster you know and so i think that 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 is another x factor for making any francis and gunner fight huge recapping the combat how should you manage weightlifting compared to mma training as a fighter in your opinion well the first and foremost you need to establish is the correct protocol. So you need to understand why, why are you doing weight training? Are you like, is weight training, are you doing it to keep your joints together? You're doing it to um, get a lot stronger. If you're doing it to get a lot stronger, is it something you need to get a lot stronger? Um, or are you already as strong or a little bit stronger already than everyone in your division? So then sh- is the weight training there to maintain a certain amount of physical strength and also to maintain injury prevention, you know? So then you would start to look at It's all based on, you know, like a Swat's analysis. That's what you're looking at. So it's not, I can't give a blanket statement, but that's how I would manage weight training or any other kind of um, training as a fighter. Is that the thing that you need to be spending the most amount of time on? Is it something that you're doing because you watched MMA weekly or I don't know, whatever, UFC breakdown, countdown, UFC countdown, and you saw your favorite fighter doing it and now you want to do that? Why are you doing that? That's the first question that I'd ask. And what, what are the tests that you did with your team? What does that say? What areas are the ones that are needed? For men, a lot of the times, I'll tell you right now, it's not strength. You know, It's flexibility and ability to move their body appropriately. That isn't me saying, don't go and do weights. Don't go and get bigger. Don't get, get stronger or whatever. But most of the time, it's more about that with men. With women, it's a little bit with strength because it's so flexible why so i enjoy watching the women's fights because the positioning is different They're so much more flexible you know that positions that would be extremely difficult for a man the girls a lot of times are able to survive it or get out of it because they're more flexible but then you see a girl that's physically stronger than the rest it, it just looks off you know like when you see um nunez fight girls and she hits like a man you know She's strong, like she's different, strong, you know, and that makes a big difference. Um, Hanoi Tripper. So, yeah, so make, do. sorry, recapping combat. So do an assessment, do a correct assessment on all the components that you need to fight and you start to give them ratings as to which ones are, are the most necessary, you know, and then you allocate the days and sessions for those days. I mean, weightlifting, sh- your weightlifting sessions and your strength sessions should never get in the way of your training, you know? So you shouldn't do like a strength session that's so hard that you can't train the next night or the next day, you know? You should still be able to recover and be able to train. Um, not sure if untouched if you touched on it, but Steeper came in at 230 versus DC. Do you think it has to be heavier versus the Monster this week? Not necessarily, no. He moves well, man. 230 is a big man, dude. 230 is a big man. A 230, a guy that can move around, you know, that can move and can hit you hard and can wrestle you and thing. 230 is a big boy, you know. He's a very big man. Again, goes kind of allows me to go back to that question that was asked earlier about the weightlifting, although this isn't exactly weightlifting, but still, like, are you going to be stronger, more powerful than Francis, even if you are a little bit heavier? No, Francis is a monster. There's other things that you can do that are going to mitigate Francis's strengths, you know, and that's not going to be you being 10 or 20% or stronger. <clears throat> and 10% stronger is a lot, but that still won't make the difference between you and Francis. Should Kevin Holland fight Shabazian, Shabazian next? I thought he was fighting Hermanson, her Shabazian. Yeah, yeah, some, somewhere there. Like, I I don't, like, I wasn't totally sold on Kevin. I'm not totally sold on Kevin, but I'm also not, like, he's definitely talented. He's got ability and he's definitely talented. It's just going to be what happens, you know? Um, Rob said in an interview last week that he said a soft retirement age of 35. Is this something he used to talk about? Again, I can't really talk about what Rob said or didn't say or or discussions that we've had in private. Like over the, over the course of like, we worked together for like seven years, you know? Um. So over the course of that, we've spoken about a lot of things. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't, like I do know, but I can't talk too much about what he said or what he hasn't said. You've had experience with Yo Romero. How do you think he'll perform at light heavyweight and heavyweight? He's not he's not that big of a guy. Like he's a monster. He's another guy that you know how I always say, like, this guy's bigger than you think. Yoel is not as big as you think he is. You know, he's not that tall, you know, and he's he's built like he's built like he was on his way to a figure sculpting competition and stopped for the fights. He's like waist is thin. He's got big, massive pecs and shoulders and arms. His legs are big, but his calves aren't that big. He's not. He's not a huge guy. So a light heavyweight, I think he loses a lot of the advantages he has at middleweight because at middleweight he's as big and as muscular as you're going to get. But he's he's got this crazy explosive. This again, this is his thing. It's his explosiveness, not his overall strength or his physicality. He has a, like an explosiveness about him. And his ability to move he had that before he's hasn't he hasn't shown that and I don't believe he has it as good as he did five years ago and he can't like he's not you know you know he some guy that's never going to age like he's aging you know so he i think he loses a lot of those advantages at light heavyweight if he hits you at light heavyweight you're going down but he's not if you watch um Oh, my God. Is it Cavalcanti that he lost? I'm pretty sure it was Cavalcanti that he lost to um, in strike force back in the day, and that was at light heavyweight. And he was he was hitting Cavalcanti, and it, it was early days in Yoel's career, but still he do, didn't have that, like, physicality and movement that he does so well at middleweight. Um, if anyone trades with him and he hits you, it doesn't matter, heavyweight, light heavyweight, if Yolo hits you, you're going to be hit. You're going to feel it. You know, it's going to hurt, but I, I don't, I don't think that he has, he loses a lot of his attributes going up. You know, um, I think that the weight cut is hard and he's getting older. So he kind of has to go up, but I do think that your Romero's days, best days were behind him, like a fair chunk of the way behind him. Um, I, I've spoken to him a bunch of times and he's not, he's not a massive guy. Like he's not, he's not like, he's shorter than me. You know, and he's a big, strong behemoth of a guy. Don't get me wrong. When I'm saying he's not a big guy, people are going to say he's a big guy. But say people here on the internet go, Israel's not a big guy. Israel's a fucking big guy. You know, he's a big guy that could comfortably fight at light heavyweight. You know, you saw him fight, you saw him fight, you saw him fight Jan the other day. Um, and he can go up in weight and fight like quite readily, quite easily. Um, and he can put on a little bit of weight and be quite successful in that division. Having said that, I don't know that Yoel will be able to do that at this point in his career as readily or as easily. Um, then, yeah, that's my opinion. Champ Kane was my favorite heavyweight champ, even if he wasn't the most active. Those fights with JDS and Bigfoot were just awesome. Yeah, he, Kane Velasquez was another guy that, like, when he was, he was just so good. And he was just so good across the board, you know, that, yeah, pretty, pretty big. Um, John Dennis says, Shabazzin is fighting Hermanson. Yes, he is. Oh, Lewis, yes, in Australia, Wollongong, go the gong. How good is Wollongong Uni, man? I was at Wollongong Uni 2001 or something like that. Um. How popular is MMA in Australia compared to the major sport? Does it rank third? No, I don't think it would rank third. It's kind of like it's kind of like over to the side. It's it's big in its own right. And whenever there's like a fight, big fight or whatever, the there's it, it, all the pubs, everything, it gets packed, you know, big fight, especially if like Rob or Volkonovsky are fighting or something like that. It, it's massive, you know? So it's pretty massive like that. But like we're talking about the big sports in Australia, like I would say, soccer's still bigger, rugby league still bigger, rugby union still bigger. Um, no, nah, there's big, there's big sports here, man. Like it's not, it wouldn't be third as like, and, and it depends on what you're asking me, dude. Like people watching or people participating in, as far as like, there's gyms everywhere, but people fighting MMA, it's still pretty, pretty small. Like a local, local shows are you know thousand two thousand people go It's pretty big like australians love fighting but it's not like it's not massive like that it's not huge like you wouldn't if you're australian if you're the australian mma champion you wouldn't no one would know who you are like unless you're rob or volkanovsky no one would know who you are you know and especially rob now because he's been up at the top there for for a long time so people know who he is. But other than that, like, it'd be real hard. It's hard. Like, people don't, it's not, there's a lot of sports here. You know, there's a lot of sports and there's a lot of competitive sports on a world level. Um, How do you think the current Bellator champions would do if they competed against the current UFC champions? The only Bellator champions I could see win are Patricia Pitbull and Juan Arculeta. Um, no, nah, man, you'd be surprised, dude, because... There's guys coming into UFC that you don't even know who they are, you know, and they do well. Like, nobody knew, I knew who Connor was, but people didn't know who Conor was. Um, so the, the Bellator champs, I think, would do well. Would they be, excuse me, would they be champions? I don't know if they'd be champions. But, you know, fuck, you had guys like Gegard, Musasi go over there and lose, you know what I mean? And, you know, Musasi has beaten guys that were champions in the UFC. So you no, know, the top guys would the top guys would still do well. Like Gachy came over from the PFL and and WSOF and people wouldn't have thought that he'd end up champion. I, I honestly the way he fought, I didn't think he'd end up being like interim champ and in that, you know? And yeah, so he did well. Like obviously UFC's much bigger organization than Bellator. Do I know much about freestyle and MMA gym in Australia? They seem to be making good progress in the UFC. Well, I was there. I was working there for about eight weeks. I was working with Volkanovski six, six eight, eight weeks or something um, at the start of this year before he went on his fight camp. So I know a little bit about him. I don't know a whole bunch, but I was there. Darren Till will get a title shot if he wins. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, see, I I don't see how you could give Till the title shot over Rob. That's my opinion. Um, But uh, who knows? What's next for year Brunson? You know what I mean? Like something like that would be interesting as well. Uh Brunson now trains with Rockhold, but I like the Brunson one Wideman matchup. Yeah, something like that, you know? Yeah, but um, yeah, just a little round robin, maybe, maybe not Brunson and and Rockhold together, but then maybe Rockhold with Wideman again and Brunson with Wideman, something like that, out of those like kind of elder statements of the division. Um guys that I, I fucking love watching, by the way. I'm not putting them down. And yeah. So Lancelot says Whitaker has underrated kickboxing. His roundhouse combo is a thing of beauty. I I don't know if he has underrated kickboxing. Like I don't know. I think people know that his stand-up's fucking right up there. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Thing. The thing with Rob's stand-up, and this is all I'm gonna say, is that the stand his stand-up has a symbiotic relationship with his MMA career. He He's one of the few people that had a stand-up background. Yeah, he did karate and he did Hapkido. But all of his pro fights have been in the UFC, not in the UFC, in a cage or in a ring, but in MMA, right? So it, it's been like a very, he, his growth, he hasn't had a, a, a ton of like fights outside of MMA. Where he honed his skills as a striker and then developed across. So he's he's striking whilst he's a high level striker. It's a little bit off, like not off. But it's a little bit different to other great strikers in that his striking has been has been a, has been symbiotic with his MMA career. Um, thoughts on Khabib wanting to be close to Rockhold's comeback and also wanting to one day be coach of the year following his father's path? Thoughts? I, I don't know. I mean, to be coach of the year, he can, I think he'll definitely do that. If he coaches, he's got a hotbed of, of guys in Dagestan that are fantastic fighters, athletes, um, and they come with a great background already. That's, and I'm not I'm not saying, and, and Khabib's fucking knowledge and pedigree. So yes, I, I do think that. That's another thing I was going to say. There's hotbeds of places where, and I'm not saying this about Kabib, but there's guys like a lot of, like if you, different setting up a gym in Dagestan where everyone has done judo or wrestling or, or <clears throat> sambo or, ret, you know, whatever, and somewhere where you have to take people like and say, this is a forward roll and this is how you do a throw, you know, and people never even seen one before. What do you think about Khabib wanting to train Rockhold? Oh, that was a – okay, now I understand what you guys meant. Um, I mean, yeah. Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, great. Mike Perry versus Kevin Holland. Who wins? I think Holland is a fair bit, like, longer and bigger than than Perry, so I'd probably give it to Holland. James Aduceman, some good questions at John Dana. My goal is to get Fab saying – Interesting interesting question. It gets me off. <laughs> Thank you, sir. John, good to know. John, do you think these judges talk to each other after decision announcements and criticize one another for their scorecards? You know what? I want to say two things. Maybe because people are assholes, so they probably do, you know, like any other job. But I also think that you'd want to imagine that they also have some level of empathy for each other because... The way they're judging, they're judging there's three people on different angles, so they can only judge what they see, not what they think they see. This is what a lot of people don't understand. The other day, for instance, I was watching um the Yanis guy. And from my angle, where I'm watching it on TV, I saw him hit him with a right and kind of roll his shoulder with the left. And I thought he hit him with a nice left hook, and I yelled it out, oh my god, left hook, da-da-da-da-da. But then on the replay. I saw that it was actually a right hand that landed. And the right hand laid him out. But in that moment, when it actually happened, and as I was watching it live, I just saw the shoulder roll over. And I and I thought, oh, he hit him with a left hook. And so why I'm saying this is the judges are making a decision live and only from the angle that they can see it. Not what they think they see and not what they think they saw. So It'd be, it's really, you'd be, have to be a real dumb fuck to question the other judge, you know, when you know what you have to go through. Fair enough, people that don't understand it. Cool. There are situations though, where, but man, there's been things where I've listened to commentators and I'm, and I think like, and the commentators and, you know, the analysts are the first one to criticize the coaches, not the coaches, the the judges. But sometimes I'm listening to the commentator. and I'm thinking, what the, what fucking fight are you watching? How can you think that that guy's winning? You know what I mean? And probably people think the same thing when they listen to me because I'm looking at it with my my um thing. So I don't know if they, if they, if they do. David Morris, that Darius has been on a tear recently. Do you think he can hang with Tony and the top of the division? I think he's got all the abilities to do so. I think he's got all the abilities to do that. I don't know that he will. I don't know. He's, he's another guy that does really, really well and then kind of drops off against a couple of fights. I think if he puts it all together... Darish is is a monster, really, really good. Dominic Leopold, is this a bordella as a second job? <laughs> yeah, I'd be fucking broke, man. Um, I like it though, man. I like this look. Um, Ewan, what is what is a go-to, relatively healthy snack you enjoy? Are you almost are you more a savory or sweet snacker if at all I'm both dude I'm both but I have a horrendously bad sweet tooth um, that's why like the other day you can see it on my Instagram we my my wife showed me how to roast the chestnuts and I put it on my Instagram and I try and do do that stuff for people like myself that um, like have a sweet tooth and you want to eat something you want to have a snack so stuff like that and there's a there's a cake that that I'm going to make it actually for my Instagram and it's a date cake. It's just, there's no dairy. There's no, um, there's no like sugar or anything and it's just made from dates and and that. So like I try and have things like that ready because I'm pretty, pretty bad, you know, for food like that. Uh, actually food in general, honestly I'll tell you this. I, I actually listened to Mark Munoz once he was talking and about like, um, he got, he got really out of shape at one stage, like in between fights or after he'd retired, something like that, and he ate. He eats a lot, and he got up to like 240 or something, and he said like that's his vice was eating. Like he didn't, didn't womanize. He didn't drink alcohol or anything like that, and so, you know, the outlet for him was food, you know, and I have to say I'm kind of like that. I'm lucky that I, I kind of get a check on it. And um that I don't have that build to really blow up, but I can put on weight and food in general I have to be careful with. So I try and keep things like those nuts at, at hand. I try and um make sure that I like that I'm full like with the smoothie or with um good decent food so that I don't go out and snack too much or that don't have things. So also uh different fruits. I try and have as much different fruits and peanut butter and honey and that for my sweet tooth. So I try and do a mix of that. Um, yeah, so yeah, smoothies, I try and do that kind of stuff, but I'm definitely, I'm a, I'm a mess of a human being, you know, and if I let myself go. uh, Dominic Leopold, this looks like a nice place to nut. Dominic, please don't become that guy, man, because I will ban you. I will block you. Um, Izzy has no problem at light heavyweight. Jan was better that night. I think Israel will do fantastic at light heavyweight. John, very unfortunate that Gillespie and Riddell was canceled. Which fantasy fight is more more intriguing? Mahashev, Gillespie, or Felder versus Riddell? I think Riddell beats Felder. I think Riddell beats Felder. And Mahashev and Gillespie, that one would be more interesting for me out of those two. Mahashev versus Gillespie will be more interesting to me um than than Felder and Riddell. That's my opinion. Um from memory favorite, from memory favorite or a beautiful combo TKOs. E.g. Silver versus Griffin, Cowboy versus Hernandez. A favorite combo TKOs. Man, I can't remember the TKO specifically, but I really like Fedors lead right hand to left hook. That was one of my favorite ones. He throws a lead right hand to left hook to a clinch. And back when he was like at the top, I really liked that combination. I don't know if he got the KOs from him a lot of the times, but he did hit people and he did clinch with them. And I, I really like that combo. Um, man, TKO combinations has been so fucking many of them that I can't, I'm trying to think not too obvious ones and not too biased with them. But, yeah, there's been so many, so many of them. I don't know. I can't. But I like Fedor's, when, you, when you're when saying that, I like Fedor's lead right hand left hook. I really liked it. Lewis says, this Sunday will be pretty massive for the pubs. Pretty, uh, yeah, they love the heavyweights. So the pubs will be packed. It kind of ties back into that other question. I could see the UFC setting up Costa against Brunson or Caninier. I somewhat favor Costa against Brunson, but I think Caninier puts Costa away with precise hard shots. John, I agree with you. I do. So, Marco, boy, hey Fab, very quickly falling in love with the podcast. What is the thing you miss the most and the thing you miss the least about cornering UFC fighters? Um, well, I don't know. I don't know that it, that's it's finished. I don't know that I'll never corner again. That I don't think that that would be the case. Um, I don't really miss anything to be honest with you. I don't. I don't miss anything because otherwise I'd I'd still be you know coaching people and doing stuff um the thing at least the thing that I miss the least is being away from a family and being away from um like n- just the amount of time and and the amount of time and effort that it takes to coach someone at a high level and I'm you know working with a few guys here and there at the moment and see what happens but just the amount of time that that it really requires if you really care if you care if you don't give a shit and you're just there to carry the fucking guy's water or whatever bees mate that's a different story but if you really care you're in a, a a lot of effort like i a lot of watching tape a lot a lot of hours watching tape a lot of um watching but you don't just watch tape on your fighter i mean on the fighter that your fighter is going to fight you watch tape on your own fighter as well and you look at the things where each of them are going to exploit so there's a, there's a whole bunch of shit that you do and that takes time away from your family Um, the travel—I miss that. I don't miss that. I mean, I don't—I don't want to be away from my family. I don't want to travel, you know. And even if uh, even if I could take my family with me, which I would, it's still like a disruption, and you're still not thing. So right now, just being a new dad, my daughter's one and a half years old. I, I really am jealous with that time with with her, because I know that it's—I do this. And she'll be grown up, and then she's oh, she not. She's not going to want to talk to me then. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, I'm very jealous with that time, and I had kids later in life too. I had. I'm 41. My daughter's one and a half. So you know, I was able to set things up so that I could spend that time with my kids later. So th- that's what it's at. I think when the time comes again for me to coach guys and corner, I will. There's no problem. But right now, no. James Adjusman watched McGregor versus Khabib at the pub. It was super quiet. And when Khabib hit him with that overhand right, I was the only one who involuntarily screamed. It was very embarrassing. You should never be embarrassed about that, mate, because it shows that you you should never be embarrassed because you care. You should never feel bad because you care, and you should never feel bad because you're committed and invested in something. So good on you, James Adjusman. John, wouldn't be surprised if Mike Perry and Kevin Holland are related. I know where you're going with that, sir. I know where you're going. And it's a slippery slope. So, so youngin', fab as a bald man, when do you know when to stop washing your face? Do you just keep going until you hit the back of your neck? I just, I just, I'm lucky I live near the water, near the beach, because otherwise that would be a problem. I just always shower or just jump in the ocean. So that gets rid of that part. John, thoughts on Sterling's recent media posts? I don't know. I don't really follow that. Sterling has been trying to defend himself for the last two weeks, but now seems to be acting like a troll through his tweets. Smart self-promoting decision. I, I don't know. I don't know what it, what what's happened. Because I don't, um, I don't really watch all the other stuff. I just watch the fights. You know, what did you think of Holland's talk while getting mauled the other day? I, not. It wasn't his talking. I don't care if he was talking. It was more like, like there were things he could have done to get up. You know what I mean? There were things he could have done to make the takedowns more difficult. There were things that he could do with his frame to shield and to get back to his feet um, and tire Brunson out that would have been much more beneficial. Um, Brunson calling for Costa. His style allows him to have a path to victory against Polo. But Derek's biggest flaw is his cardio. Yeah, look, I think it'll be very hard for Brunson to beat Costa like that because when you're talking about Derek's cardio, it's not so much his cardio. His cardio might be fine, you know. It's more about his like he swings hard, and when that doesn't work, he tries to take you down. And if a guy works his way back to his feet or fights a takedown, he'll gas because there's a lot of effort going into that, you know. So i i I don't know. I don't know that he'll be able to take down and hold him down and i think out of the two of them polo has the the sharper more precise more direct striking how many years of bjj experience do i have js no i've been doing jiu-jitsu i'm gonna say at least at least 20 years you know but i'm not i'm not nothing amazing but yeah i've been on the mats doing jiu-jitsu and wrestling for at least 20 years i'd say Watching Darius striking gives me anxiety, says John. Thoughts on Kevin Holland planning to move down to welterweight. He called out Bilal Muhammad. That's an interesting matchup. I don't know, man. I don't know because he's a big boy. You know, he's a big boy himself. You know, that's not, I don't know what weight he walks around at. I don't know how he feels at that weight. I don't know. I'd have to see. I'd have to see him fight at welterweight a few times and then we'll see how that goes. Max Payne Griffin was a star of the show, in my opinion. Man, he hit that guy so hard, man. I actually like him a lot. He's a good guy. We had him on the podcast. I like him. Aljo Denzel Washington Sterling. Um, sorry if you – Brendan says, so, do I know that Mark Hunt is a really strong chess player? No, I did not know this. JG, who do you think would win in a fight between John Anik and – and Brendan Fitzgerald. Brendan Fitzgerald for sure. With a name like Fitzgerald, JG, you're already tough, mate. You're already tough. John Dana, what's up with that heated exchange between Cornejo and Byers? I didn't sense any hostility to any hostility between the two fighters before and during the fight. It looks like Conejo initiated the trash talk. I I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened there. I think that it was probably frustrating as well for Baez to be held down the whole time. Like she didn't. I could see that she; it was frustrating her, but, mate, you got held down, you got held down. Father Max Griffin is no joke. What is next for him? I would like to see him retire Mike Perry. Jeff Neal called out his ambitious, but likely unrealistic, considering that Neil is ranked in the top 10. Hey, man, I'd rather see him fight Jeff Neal than Mike Perry. Let's go Max Griffin with that. Uh, JS says, is it easier for an elite jujitsu player or elite kickboxer to transition into MMA? It, it depends. They both have the the. It depends what kind of kickboxer you are. It depends what kind of jujitsu player you are. It depends on um your ability then to apply what you what you do. One advantage that I will say, the obvious one for the grapplers is that they can grapple. But one massive advantage that I say goes to strikers is that you can have had a thousand jujitsu matches, a thousand wrestling matches in your life, and you've never been punched in the face and you don't react well to getting hit. Whereas boxers and kickboxers, they've got that advantage. They they have been hit. They have been hit in the face. They don't have to transition to fighting. Whereas jujitsu and wrestling, it's not a fight. No matter what people want to say, no matter if you want to call it, it's not a fight. It's not a fight until you're trying to finish the person and, and take them out of their senses with strikes. You're trying to hurt them. Whereas in jiu-jitsu, the objective is not to hurt the person. Like The objective is to tap them. You, people get hurt as a result thereof, but the objective is not the same thing. It's not to hurt them. Um, in wrestling, the objective people get hurt, but then it's not the objective to hurt them. Um, this is coming from someone that has had many grappling matches. I don't fight. I don't like to fight for that exact reason. There's a massive difference between someone hitting me in the face and hurting me. You know, wanting to hurt me the objective when they get in the in on the mat or in the octagon or in the ring is to fucking hurt you, you know? So that's a big fucking difference, a huge difference. Um it it um that's I think the is the biggest difference. That's the advantage that a that a striker has. Grappler has the advantage that they can grapple and once they hit the ground, they can make they can do a lot of damage there. Um, it depends. I think it just really, really depends. And it depends on how diligently each one of them is going to work on the other aspects of their fight. Um, Conejo cussed that buys in Spanish. Apparently, buys was talking dr- trash during the fight. I think it'd be real hard. I'm not saying she didn't, but it'd be hard for Baez to be talking trash throughout the fight when she was held underneath her in a scaffold for most of it. John, as of right now, which male and/or female divisions are your favourites to watch? Favourite female division is likely an easy, obvious choice. Yeah, I mean the girls. There's not that many divisions, so I will watch the girls when they when they're there. But um, the males, I'm watching the Weights, Man, I'm really, really liking that. I'm really liking like P- Peter Yan, Sterling. I like. There's a few guys coming up now, bantamweight. I like that division. You got you got Aldo. You got everyone. Sanhagen. You, that's, a, that's a very nice division. John, which division is more difficult to break into the top 15, lightweight or bantamweight? Both. Hard. Yeah, don't forget to like the video, fellas. Please don't. (laughs) Thank you, JG. Please like and subscribe and hit the notification bell. Ewan, have a good night, Fab. I must leave to actually do my job, but as always, you have been the best in the business, the most accessible MMA resource and guide to the terrifying land of Australia. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ewan. Anytime you want to ask questions, please do in particular about the terrifying land of Australia. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Top bands and artists for you when you were living your wild 20s. Man, I wasn't – I actually, my 20s weren't that wild. Um, I, I like a plethora of different types of music, so I'm not – like I can't really give you one. But um, every now and then there will be a song and it will be like, oh, fuck, that's the anthem to the struggle. Recapping. Why don't Sydney MMA schools offer wrestling? I'll find only a very limited amount do, and it's a massive disadvantage for us. How did you get started wrestling? I just, when I watched MMA, I, I don't know, to me, when I watched MMA, I was just like, that's the that's the main, that's the thing I need to learn, you know, is how to wrestle. Um, not because it's better than jujitsu or judo or boxing or kickboxing. I just find that it's a, that it's a if I had to do one sport, to do one combat sport i would be wrestling this is just me because it has the takedown it has like from a self-defense perspective i'm talking about if if you end up in a situation where you have to fight someone you can grab them and take them to the ground standing and you can do that quite comfortably and efficiently and on the ground you're not fighting jujitsu black belts on just normal guys in the street they're not a wrestler's ground game is far and away good enough to get a uh, and to land on top and stay on top, and pound the shit out of someone on the street—that's that's my thing. Then, of course, I love jiu-jitsu. I love jiu-jitsu as much as I love wrestling. But um, that's how I got started in wrestling. I just—I'd always done striking arts growing up, like a bit of boxing, taekwondo. I did a lot of taekwondo growing up. I competed in taekwondo. But wrestling is wrestling, you know. It's—I think it's the core of fighting. That and boxing, like being able to punch straight. And grab someone and throw them on the ground. That's a core of fighting. Um, so that's why I started wrestling. How I got started in wrestling, I don't know. Why Sydney MMA schools don't offer wrestling? And I, I, actually, I do. I tell you what, because you have to blank out an hour to an hour and a half of your session in prime time to run wrestling when, and it's hard. And you'll have ten people do the class if you're lucky. Versus, you can just have a jujitsu session or a boxer size session. And have forty people paying the same amount of money. That that's why. Um, thoughts on Strada's haircut? I, I don't know. Rob guest episode to celebrate thirty thousand subs. Let's get to thirty thousand subs before we talk about anything. What is your favorite BJJ submission attack, man? From me personally, I've, I like chokes. I like any chokes from front headlock, Darsas, anacondas. Anything like that? I just like that. I got long arms, and I have bad knees—real, real, real, bad knees. To a point that I can't really grapple anymore. Um, I meant I have to get a knee replacement, and so I still roll around like with a friend here and there. And I teach some classes, and I teach guys, but I don't—I I can't really roll anymore. So, because I've always had bad knees, I've always liked the chokes, the the, the front headlock chokes, all those, the Schultz chokes. Um, cow catcher, anaconda, all the DAS variations, the neckties, Peruvian necktie, Japanese necktie. I like all of those chokes, um, and I, I like them because I can just you can just chain them together and keep going. I think another one that's really good for people to to understand is a Kimura and a Kimura system, like a Kimura like trap or Kimura back takes. Um, I think that that's a really really important variation for people to learn um because the kimura is not some the kimura trap is not so much you're trying to get the kimura as opposed to you are trying to get the back but you can get the kimura on the way to getting the back so i think that those are kind of like my meat and potatoes attacks um alex weatherhead says riz spat on her back the uh, spat on her that's why the scrap started oh well then Conejo did not spit. It was just trash talk. That was speculation, but it turned out to be untrue. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. So, all right. I don't know. Crunchy or smooth? Uh, Recently introduced to crunchy peanut butter by my wife. And uh, I want to thank her for that because it's delicious. Do you think Gordon Ryan can be a success in MMA? I see he just signed with 1FC. I think Gary Turner... Gary Tonin is very successful in in MMA. I don't see why Gordon wouldn't be successful in MMA. I'd like to see him and Bushesha fight each other in their debut. Um, It's just going to come down to, no, none of these guys are stupid. Those guys aren't stupid. I'm sure, you know, he's working on his wrestling. I'm sure he's working on, um, on on his boxing, on his kickboxing. I think if he doesn't do any of those things, it'll be a very different game for him than thing. You've seen Andre Garval have mixed results in MMA. I've seen Marcelo Garcia have mixed results in MMA, and they're about as good a grappler as you're going to get. But uh, there's something about Gordon's approach to things and the people that he's around and where MMA is developed and the place that he's at, which is an MMA hotbed, that tells me that he will do the right things, you know, and I think that he has people around him like Gary Tonin that, that have made a very similar transition to him. So, yes, I think he'll be very successful. John, if I were if I were able to create the perfect MMA fighter, I would make a fighter with Myers or Tager's BJJ, uh, Adesanya striking, Kabib's wrestling, and Markhan's chin. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, Vicente the Goat says Yo Fab, Nganu by jab KO. I don't know if Nganu catches him. It's going to be, I think, in the mix. Like it'll be Miocic doing something and Ngannou catching him with fucking one of the heat missiles that he throws alex weatherhead thanks fab as always you the man any difference in training or technique since the calf kick front kick to the knee is becoming more of a weapon or have you always been working on this um i think it's become more prevalent so more people are doing it in mma but the calf kick in general that kind of thing has always been around you know that's always been that's not new so that's that's always it's been in mma for years and years and years you know um and it's been around in any and all kickboxing uh, type of type of sports you know so i don't think that's new i don't think like you know kyokushin karate all those types of things they've always had leg kicks forever so um i, I think for a lot of guys that, that don't have like a striking background that that would probably be like a something that they haven't seen before you know it's something that's really, really scary. But I mean, that's always been around and it's more prevalent now. You know, I think what you're going to probably see in the near future is people throwing that and they haven't got the timing down to throw it. They don't understand when to throw it and they're going to throw it and people are going to check it and people are going to break their feet. That's what I think will happen. Sean Brady has called for Damian Meyer. JSJ23 says, how can I balance training boxing within MMA while limiting brain trauma? Number one thing I'd say to you is get a very, very good boxing training program somewhere that, you know, the program's good. And then um, make sure that your MMA coaches and your boxing coaches have a lot of combination of speaking between each other or, you know, and understand the fact that how much sparring you're doing and whatnot. They, they can, they can complement each other very, very well. As a matter of fact, I think you should do that. But you need to have communication between all your coaches. You can't be doing hard boxing sparring, hard MMA sparring, you know, and jumping in and doing hard kickboxing in there as well. Like you you can't. So you need to make sure you, with a good boxing program, understand, also understand what it is that you're trying to do. Like if you want to have a boxing career as well, or you want to just get your hands good, et cetera, et cetera. So understand what it is that you're trying to do and make sure that the people that you speak to and the people that are coaching you have open lines of communication so you don't end up sparring eight times a week. Jack Wood, big up the Himalayan salt Lamp, giving off positive vibes. Look at it go, eh? Look at it go. It's just the best. Apollo Night Pro, you're the best, Fab. No, sir, you guys are. You guys are. Uh, um, Axis Power Diesel, did your house get overrun with snakes, spiders, and water, Fab? Dude, this is a true fucking story, man, and my wife can attest to this. I don't know if you're listening to my wife, but I'm gonna. Dude, we are in the car the other day, and there's huntsmen. If you're not from Australia, huntsmen are like big ass spiders, like at least, like, like big, you know, and they get real big. We're in the car. My wife hates, hates spiders, you know, and she starts like, she started like, because I've told her before, please don't scream when we're in the car driving, because you'll kill us, you know, don't fuck the spiders. It's not even poisonous, but so huntsmen's aren't even poisonous but she started like ble, 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 freaking out and we're driving it was late night raining we had the baby in the car and she started freaking out freaking out freaking out i pulled the car over on the side of the road mind you wet you know i i had to i wouldn't want to but we were going to kill it we we're going to kill ourselves put the hazard lights on and i had to look for this huntsman poor huntsman was more scared of us than, it, than we were of it. huntsman disappeared we never saw the huntsman again but there is a massive huntsman in my car so, yes, there are spiders now everywhere, in the car, wherever they can get dry. Um, snakes, not so much here, but there are a lot of snakes where I live. But there's mainly, they're, they're pythons. They're not, um, they're not like brown snakes and red-bellied black snakes a lot here. You know, there are some, though. We do get tiger snakes. We do get brown snakes and red-bellied black snakes, but not heaps. Mainly pythons. you've um, Fab, is your house underwater right now or what? No, it's not underwater. Where I live, luckily enough, it, we're not underwater. Um, on my Instagram, I had the, I went with my daughter to the beach, which is like, I don't know, 50 meters from my house. Um, but we're not in a, like, you know actual flooding zone exactly where we live. But, you know, some areas are really, really, really bad and I feel for the people, you know, where they live in flood zones because the floods in Australia, no fucking joke, you know, like you have like, Ten meters, thirteen meters. River will go boom. Cover telegraph poles. So that's the kind of stuff you're thinking of in Australia. And it's the irony is the same areas that get hit by the floods are the same areas that get hit by the bushfires. So those people that are living in those areas, man, I feel for them so much because they would have ate the bushfires a couple of years ago, and then ate these floods now. You know, it's it's pretty full full on. You know, um, I'm very very lucky. No, we're not flooded or over, but the, don't get me wrong. It's uncomfortable. There's water everywhere. Um, everything's wet. You have to stay inside. We've got a one and a half year old. We have to go outside with her. She plays in the rain and that, which is fun, but it's not fun to be in here. It's been raining twenty four seven now for well, well over five six days. JSJ two twenty three. Have you ever experienced a concussion or seen it happen to others in training? Yeah, I've seen people get. Seen people get fucking put to sleep at training um i've seen it obviously in real fights i've seen it in, in fights where i thought people were dead to be honest with you um i've been concussed yeah i've been concussed a couple of times you know um but i've worked in rugby league as well a lot so i've seen concussions in rugby league i've seen concussions in in at training i've seen concussions at in real fights yeah they're no joke J.S. bra every day. Nganu versus Alex Volk who wins. Alex takes him down pretty easily. Ophon. one of the freaky things is that Dan Hooker is only one weight class above Alex Volkanovski. Well, they were in the same weight division at one stage. Hooker fought at featherweight. Um, Teddy Atlas said that Holland's attitude may have been a mental defense mechanism. Holland can say he lost, but he didn't care, not because he wasn't good enough thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I said that, David. Whilst we're watching the fight, you know, I don't know that that's the case. Like I said earlier in the thing, I, I I, don't even want to say anything bad because I don't know, but I think, um, I think that the big thing is, um, it could be an affectation, you know, it could be like when you have an exam, a real hard exam and you I think James said, James Adjusman said this, and I agree with him. Um, it could be like, you have an exam, you don't want to study for that exam because you don't want to study... that hard ass exam and lose and and i mean fail you want to you you can always say oh fuck i didn't care i didn't study for it and you you failed it anyways and there could be some of that with 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 kevin i don't know i don't like i said i don't know if he has severe adhd or he has another mental health issue or whatever like i said earlier in the podcast i'm not casting dispersions on him if he does then he's fighting well above his potential um, it could be that it could well be that it that's what it seemed like to me when i was watching that it seemed like he had he just didn't care like, like he didn't want to care like he he didn't follow the game plan and he didn't and, and sometimes pressure does do that to a man james juiceman am i talking spanish to the little one i absolutely am my mom and dad speak only spanish to her um she understands spanish she does um yeah angle romanov bogov says that matches my wrestling experience so much in a bjj school most we ever had was five guys show up hard to get a lot of bodies yeah like that's probably why they don't run wrestling sessions in sydney js why is there so little money in professional bjj and will it ever change well it's changed massively dude massively like when i was coming up there was no money (laughs) in jiu-jitsu there was no money at all you know now in wrestling even on flow wrestling you see the the matches and dudes have like round robins and they take home 20 grand, 10 grand, 50 grand, whatever, you know, back then this one, I'm only talking 10, 20 years ago. There was nothing, there was no money in BJJ only in Abu Dhabi, you know, but other than that, none. Now you have guys like Craig Jones, Gordon and all that, that make serious money. You know, they make, I mean, they might not win a lot from the, from the, um, From the actual prize money but they win some from the prize money and then they can do seminars in that city so they can make a living back man even when i started here in sydney australia there wasn't you said "Oh, i'm gonna go and be a bjj instructor people would be like all right buddy you're gonna starve like it wasn't the case you know um vicente who's the best fighter technique wise for me it's Volk. technique wise nah i think i don't know man i think there's so many guys that have all of them have great technique. A lot of these guys have great technique. It's the tactical ability to apply it. And I think Volkanovski has very, very good tactical ability to apply his technique. Um, John says, Volkanovski's style is too complex for certain commentators like Rogan. Whenever Rogan commentates technical fights, he's terrible and uninformative. I don't know. I haven't listened to it for a long time. Again, I think that there's a difference between technical and tactical. In um, strategy, you know, there's 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 a difference between the three of them. Your strategy is your overall thing, what you're going to do. Da 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 da. Your technique are the is a little the little mortar things that says to you, well, I can do that because I have the techniques available to do that. And your tactics is when you do that, when you apply your strategy, when you do this, when you don't, when you have to change, when you want to make the person do a certain thing, how you're going to use your strikes in a certain da 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 da, and then putting it all together. You know, that's, I think that's one of the things that Volkanovski does very, very well. And the problem is a lot of the times the commentators, I'm not talking about Joe Rogan himself, but with a lot of the commentators, they're not privy to the information, you know, they're not, and they don't know to say, I don't fucking know, you know what I mean? Or so they'll say, they'll criticize a cornerman and say, this is what they should have said. And the analysts do it as well. And obviously people on the net when the reality is you don't know. I don't know what was going on with Kevin Holland. I don't know. I don't know if he's got like i can't blame his corner i don't know i'm sure his corner no i can't blame like i don't know you know i can take a guess but that's all it is so i think a lot of the times people don't know they don't know like what a fighter is capable of doing and so the corner might be asking him to do something that you think is ridiculous but the corner knows what the fighter can or can't do and then there's little things there's little little tiny things when we we're watching this uh was it Lopez or Gomez the guy that the fought Yanez on the weekend Lopez I think his name was and he was, people saying he should kick Yanez but what people don't understand is when you're getting pressured backwards you're getting pressured and you're being moved backwards it's hard for you to kick do you get what I mean and then you we well, should have kicked earlier and you're like that's a completely different fighter though if he could kick earlier then we'd have a completely different fight he would be a different fighter and it's, so it's not, it's not just, that's a technique. The technique is kicking. The tactic is, do I kick now? Does, and then the tactic from Yannis is I'll push him back. The strategy from Yannis was create pressure, moving him backwards. The tactic was, he's going to kick. I'm going to move him backwards. You know, that's, that's what people don't get. Um, okay. Okay. Have I ever met Pajares? In my opinion, he's the scariest BJJ practitioner. I haven't met Pajares, but I've met Sperry. I've hung out with Sperry, and I've met uh, Bustamante. Bustamante was on my podcast, and they trained him. And so, yeah, he's a scary man. It's Godzilla. Who do you think will be the heavyweight and light heavyweight champs at the end of this year? Why do you think people with serious power and pedophilia seem to be linked over and over? Hashtag Epstein. I I, I don't know, man. I don't want to get into that kind of discussion. I want to keep it relatively about fighting. Um, But um, heavyweight champs, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who will be champs at the end of the year. Um, Why do I think people with serious power? I, I think people with serious power, I'll tell you this, people with serious power and pedophilia seem to be linked because that's the ones that we see on TV. I don't think pedophilia is, well, pedophilia, if you can put power over a kid, which is easy to do, the only little kids, is one thing, but you wouldn't necessarily see people that don't have serious power, because you don't know, you know, most cases uh, go without people even knowing. Alex Weatherhead, one food I like, but Rob hates, oh, I, don't, I don't know, probably anything green, I'd imagine. Um, I think Yarn and Stipe remain a- #hashtag and still less confident about Steep considering Garner and Jones are tougher outings than Glover. Oh, I don't know about that, John. I don't know. I thought Rosenstruck died versus kind of was a big shot. Or Ben versus Masvidal. Yeah, that was bad. Ben Askren versus Masvidal. Yeah, I'm super interested. I agree with you, James. I'm super interested with the um, Glover and Yarn fight. John, would you rather take a Gaethje Barbosa lead kick or a Harris ankle lock? I will probably have, I'd have fuck all chance of escaping either one of them, so none. Uh, Ofon, many people have something unique regarding their technique, yeah, and it's hard to quantify that. That's right, Ofon. I'm um, hearing Volk speak; he's a much smarter fighter. He's such a smart fighter, yeah. You can't quantify that. Look, people don't understand that. That's what I'm saying. Um, James says he threw a spinning back kick and completely missed the bag, and he thought he broke his. Um his hip. Yeah, Duchess, I agree. There are poor pedophiles too, mate. Not not just um rich ones. But um on that note, guys, please join us on Friday. We're gonna have a chat. We'll just chat. These things I love doing this, just having a chat about stuff and having a chat about the weekends, fights, and the fights that are coming up this weekend as well. So on Friday, we'll have a a rev- uh, preview of the steep air fight and we'll talk about that card. Man, I'm still pissed about the gillespie versus riddell fight um what's the heaviest weight class that i think volks can be successful in i mean define success i think i think he can go up and win some fights of welterweight even you know he's such a nuggety strong dude but but having said that i think he would lose he would lose a shit ton of advantage of mechanical advantage the higher up a weight class he goes kind of again like like i said with israel like israel Will do well at light heavyweight. Will he do as well at light heavyweight as he does at middleweight? I don't think so, just because of the mechanical advantages he has at featherweight. Volkanovski, I'm telling you now, from just from grabbing, feeling him, and feeling other people, um, Volkanovski at featherweight, and this is the only thing I'm going to say because I'm not going to talk too much about everything else. Um, he he's ridiculous, man. Stupid strong at featherweight. He won't. He's kind of like um Chandler. He's Basically, Chandler at featherweight, whereas Chandler at welterweight will win a bunch of fights, but he won't enjoy necessarily the same success. Um, okay. Duchess, he's got huge reach. I think you you're talking about Volkanovsky. And whilst Volkanovsky does have decent reach for a shorter guy, the wingspan that they do, the reach is like this. You know, they do the, the reach like that, they do a wingspan you can see we were talking about this in the podcast when Alex was on the podcast. And Alex is super fucking broad across his shoulders. So his reach is actually, it's not really accurate what they're talking about with with that. He hasn't got, he's not an orangutan. Like he hasn't got the reach like that. It's a wingspan. I've got long arms and I'm relatively broad. So my wingspan is actually, I'm a lot, it's a lot more than what I am tall. But Alex has got decently long arms. And he's very, very broad, very thick across his shoulders. Um, so that kind of gives him extra reach. But reach, as in in a fight like that, he's got decent reach for a featherweight, but it's not superb. And he's got, like, his legs aren't long. And in MMA, people can kick you too. Um, he's got a, uh, hey, Fab, do you watch Formula One? Sorry for off topic. No, I don't, but I like it. <laughs> Um Dutch for his frame. Yeah, he's got he's got decent reach. I'm not, definitely. Um, Steepy is essentially a T-Rex. Yeah, but you gotta understand, dude, at heavyweight, he's still it's he makes it work, you know what I mean? Steep makes it work, he's got really good footwork too, allows him to get in and out. So reach is good, man. But you gotta think, even like even like two or three inches in reach can be mitigated by someone having good footwork. Better footwork than you. I'd rather have better footwork than reach, if that makes sense. Someone like Rob can negate people with better footwork with better reach than him, because he's he's so fast and he has good footwork in MMA. Someone like Israel creates real serious problems for anyone because his footwork and his distance and his reach and his ability to use all of those is very very hard. You know, it's very very hard to 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 then close all of those gaps with, with someone like Israel. Stipe's Bear's incredible fighter, Q2. Very good. Yeah, no, nah, he does. He does. He's very well-rounded. He knows what he's doing, man. He's, he's a very, very good fighter. Like, like watching him against DC in those fights, that that showed me like, man, this guy's like his levels and levels. You know, he's got it. He understands it. And he he saw where he hurt DC and he was able to keep capitalizing and keep capitalizing on it. So, yeah, big fan of Stepe, man. Very, very, very big fan. Guys, I'm going to go. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for always commenting and us having a chat. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I've got to go and be a corporate vampire now. And I just want to thank everyone so much, man. Please follow us on social media. Um, please like and subscribe if you haven't already. Hit the notification bell. Join us on Friday when we talk a preview of the fight. And um, James, the juice man, sorry, I will answer this. Do do you actively watch footwork during the fight? It's just something that happens automatically because you can see where people are in certain positions. You can see if people are cutting off the cage. You can see if people are following the other guy. You can see if a person is moving. Um, Leonardo Santos in the in the last one, he lost, but he was doing a really good thing. Like He was switch hitting. He was, he was, oh, man, I mean, I want to say southpaw now, at the top of my head, and when he was sliding out, he was hitting he was, no, no, he was in orthodox, fuck, whichever way, let's call it southpaw, he was sliding out, just stepping out into orthodox, so he was, he was southpaw, and then, because you were fighting in an octagon, he would step out with his right, with his right leg, so that he would end up in, in orthodox, and then he'd hit with a lead right, he was doing that really, really well, uh, uh, Marvin Hagler did stuff like that as well, so when you're asking me about the footwork, that's Obviously, Marvin Hagler did it 10 times better, but that's, um, yeah, so you're watching all of that stuff. You're not necessarily just looking at their feet. So thank you, man. Thank you so much, guys. Big love to you all, guys. Thank you so much. Have a nice one. And stay safe if you're here in New South Wales and the floods, man. My thoughts go out to you and your family, man. Absolutely. So please take care. Thank you.